let's wrap up with key point number three. Queen Vashti may have never got a second thought, but God used a woman of conviction to bring about his purposes. Let's look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, uh, Let beautiful young virgins be, brought, be, be sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan the citadel into the women's quarters under the custody of Hegai, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women, and let beauty preparations be given them. Then let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. The thing, this thing pleased the king, and he did so. Throughout the books of Ezra, Nehemiah, and now Esther, we see again and again and again that God is faithful to his promises. Some have suggested that the book of Esther should not even be in the Bible. I want you to think about how ridiculous this is, but... Some have suggested Esther should not be in the Bible because it doesn't even contain the word God. However, this short-sighted view of the book overlooks the activity of God because God's fingerprints are found throughout. Others have ridiculed Esther because she doesn't seem to be living out her faith. I mean, here she is in a pagan culture. They don't even know that she's Jewish. In fact, she is living in a culture and she's going about uh, the processes and nobody even knows that she's Jewish. I mean, we look at the examples of people like Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all whom lived in that same culture, but they stood out. And Esther gets ridiculed because she doesn't seem to be living out her faith. But ultimately, here's the question, and something for us to, uh, to consider. The focus of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther are not on the faithfulness of the remnant or the diaspora, but its focus is on the faithfulness of God. When we read these words, after these things, when the wrath of the king Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti. It seems like he's getting to this point where he has sobered up. He's had some time to think. And he considers the things that she's done. And then he thought, thought about the, the action that he took against her. The, the language of that verse 1 indicates that he is second-guessing his actions. And he's, he's going, I don't know what I should have done. But before he could act, what did they do? The king's servants jumped right back in. Jumped right back in. Ultimately, here's what we walk away with. It's a recipe for disaster. I mean, we saw a king that 
was making poor decisions, especially because there's this mixture of his ego and alcohol. And then once he did sober up, as we see in chapter 2, he had... He, he was starting to come to his senses, but he had surrounded himself with people who, who weren't concerned with his well-being. They weren't concerned with his marriage. They weren't concerned with anything other than themselves. And Queen Vashti may have never given second thought to God. May, may not have given a first thought to him. But God still used her. A woman of conviction to bring about his promises. And that's where we're headed. That's what we see. Esther, the book of Esther, is more about look how faithful God is than any of the other people that's mentioned. And we're going to be introduced to a lot of people from the king to this queen to the future queen who will be Esther. But all of those people are ultimately pointing us to the faithfulness of God. So with all of that in mind, all of those things in mind, here's one last thought, and then we're going to pray together. God works in unlikely situations to bring about his purposes. Let's pray.